Welcome to the AI Sales Revolution podcast, where we explore the impact of artificial intelligence on the sales industry. My name is Matthew Lakeev, and each episode will be joined by top industry experts and thought leaders to discuss how AI is changing the way we sell and how teams that adopt AI will be able to achieve greater success. Tune in each week as we delve into the latest trends, strategies, and technologies that are shaping the future of sales. Hey guys, this week we chat to Ricky Pearl. Now, Ricky is the CEO of Pointer. It's an outsourced SDR agency um, here in Australia as well, which and a, and a super fun conversation with him. Um, we really got into the nitty gritty of like how companies can use AI itself in their outbound strategies and some of the incorrect assumptions that people have. And I think it really was really good to chat with someone also here in Australia as well, understanding the local environment. Thanks so much, Ricky, for jumping on the podcast or the AI Sales Revolution. I'm super pumped to have you on. Thanks for thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. But um, look, yeah. thanks so much for jumping on. I'm um, just, I guess, just to maybe to introduce yourself. Obviously, I've been speaking to you. I'm following you for a while, actually, and just like you're an expert in the sales and outbound space. Like, amazing. I love your posts. Um, and obviously, you run Pointer Strategy. But I just wanted to give yourself some time just to kind of talk about what you do and where you guys are right now, just to give um the audience some context. Thank you. Well, firstly, I appreciate you you calling me an expert. I don't feel like I'm an expert. <laughs> I maybe just feel like I failed more than others. So if people want to ask me what's the next best guess, I could say, well, these are the thousand things that don't work. This is yeah. what I think, you know, I've got, I've got, I'm just getting a bit closer yeah. to the answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like you mentioned, I run Pointer Strategy. We're an outbound agency. We're helping companies mm-hmm. win at outbound. Um, mm-hmm. That's everything on all channels. It's becoming really challenging these days because of technical mm-hmm. issues, personnel issues, uh, strategic yeah. challenges. And, you know, like I've just mentioned, for someone to get that right, there's a few options. Either you try, fail, iterate, try, fail, iterate, try, fail, iterate all your way up to success um, mm-hmm. and you will get it right on your third, fourth, fifth attempt. But if you want to get it right on your first attempt, you have to have tried all of those other options before. So we just help people win, you know, or more likely to succeed on their first round. Mm. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I chatted to someone the other day and he said he's hired four salespeople back to back. So I might put you in touch and he's failed every time because I think business owners with a service that you guys provide, they just have no idea. And I, I did that at Zoom. I had to wade through all the mistakes and luckily I could do it on, on their payment and not someone else as well. But when it's, you know, your own business, like the, yeah, the service is invaluable. The outbounding. Yeah, people are just caught in that, that vicious cycle of recruit someone you know that takes a couple of months train them onboard them ramp them so for the first six months you're actually putting in more effort than if you're just doing your, the job yourself because you're doing their job and mm. teaching them to do their job um, they yeah. do their job for three months you think life's great and then they resign and you're back yeah. doing that so, you know two years later yeah. you're like nothing's worked for you uh, plus the opportunity cost of all the time that you've spent so we really just help people break out of that cycle get the job done um, as well as they could do it if not better um, without mm. them having to put in that effort themselves. Yeah, the, the value, it is invaluable. Like, and the more people I chat to, like I'm starting an agency, it's not the same, but similar to you guys as well, just because I saw the mm. value you can bring to business owners, which is insane. Because I remember Absolutely. when I was at Telesense, I'd, I'd book all these meetings and like I'd go to networking things and like, how did you book these meetings? I'm like, I just called them. Like, you know, I did this strategy yeah. I learned for over years, but as it, yeah, I think- and, and for your target yeah. market, if you're a small business owner, you offer a service- like you're not a cold calling expert. So now you can yes. hire someone to do it, a junior sales hire, but who's going to coach them? Who's going to mentor them? Who's going to yeah. get them to be successful if you don't know how to do it yourself? And the other mm. big catch is even if it did work for them and they now wanting to move on, you can't replicate the phone call from a CEO who's got name yes. and brand reputi- reput- you know, recognition, who's been doing it for 20 years in a 19-year-old or 23-year-old. 
they need yes. different techniques and different strategies. And so they just, Definitely. you know, they need someone like you to sort this for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is going to, it's definitely going to be a fun run. It's been fun yeah, for sure. Well, I'm excited um, to watch it. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Um, well, well, let's just let's just dive into it. So obviously, yeah. you're not an AI vendor, but we're both in the sales and AI space, and both love chatting about it. And you know, where I've been, wait, I know we've been chatting, and you've been waiting through all the tools as well, like similar to myself, and just finding out what's what's working. But I remember we were chatting before we started recording. Let, maybe if we can answer the first thing first, which you wanted to bring up which was around, you know, the misconception, like maybe you, it's, you put it much better than me. Right. Well, firstly, everyone's already using AI. Mm. You know, they, they just don't know where they're using AI. You know, when mm. you go to a supermarket, there's probably some form of AI that's doing temperature control and helping yeah. them with their back office logistics to, for just-in-time product deliveries, right? Like mm. AI is everywhere, whether you like it or not, or whether you know mm. it or not. It's really yeah. just a question of how are you going to use it for your advantage, as a strategic mm. advantage, are you going to be an early adopter? Are you going to be a laggard? Do you have a process within your organization to test and iterate and implement? Mm. How do you as an organization go about implementing AI? How do you identify where you need to, where you can? What mm. is genuinely effective and what's just all hype? Because let's be honest, those both yeah. exist out there. And There's to me, that's, out there. that's the interesting part, the bit that I'm curious most curious about how does a solid organization that's not out there fucking gambling on the latest trends they want to run a solid business how do they adopt and, and they also they they it's obvious ai is going to help me it's obvious how efficient mm. and how effective some of these tools are but where yeah. do i implement it how do i implement it how do i even find out about what works or what doesn't other than listening to this podcast of course uh, mm. to me that's the interesting thing that um i want to i'd like to explore with other sales organizations yeah, definitely. It's very interesting to think about as well, because I think if, if you're starting like a cloud native company, like we started as a startup, it, it's easy to do. But I've dealt with a lot of companies back when at Telesense, you know, which they just don't even know anything about AI, even like, you know, in the sales space, they don't even know about email sequences or the fact that you could see that someone opened an email. So AI is just such a foreign concept. But I like how you're thinking about it before is like the adoption of technology traditionally was done from people who say a bit of an older generation. But really mm -hmm. what should happen is, you know, younger generations, people have kind of got their finger on the pulse. They're the ones that really should be updating everyone because they're the ones that are watching countless hours of YouTube back to back. Yeah. And like they know the trends and they know what's going on. They know what, you know, the best producers you know, in their space are using. That's exactly right. So as part of this AI revolution, companies need to change their decision-making frameworks um, on how they investigate and explore new softwares. Your dinosaur of a VP of sales knows how things are done properly and consider, you know, in a considered way and is exceptional at, at their job, but um, they don't know the, the latest WizBank gadgets. Right? Um, mm. So now there's a partnership and it's actually middle management and your junior hires that need to have more of a say in the tech stack that they use to achieve their the, their outcomes. Yeah, exactly. I, I've been trying to, obviously, starting this podcast, I've been trying to really keep my finger on the pulse ever since, you know, 30 November last year, ChatGPT, it just blew my mind. You know, I, I get how people don't see the value when you ask a simple question, you get a simple answer. But it's like anything, you know, it when you invest and you prompt it correctly, we've been getting mind-blowing results. Like, you know, even simple things like we used a meeting recording tool now. We just invested one called Sybil. What it does is it uses ChatGPT and they, they produce the prompts to actually give you a perfect summary and action points yeah. after the call. 
Like Absolutely. this removes note taking. <laughs> and I've seen, you know, uh, Goresh and Nishit yeah. explore this over a year ago with them. Yeah. And this is where I say companies are already using it and they don't realize yeah. it. Telesense, one of the products you would have sold is Dialpad. Right? Yes, that had, I use it. Yeah, we use it internally. That had meeting insights and, and, yes. um, and intelligence. And, you know, I'm not getting into the technicals of what's like an AI and what's machine learning. Let me yeah. just call it whiz-bang. Like it's all just super yeah. impressive technology that can do shit yeah. you couldn't do last year, right? Gong, the meeting recorders, all of those summaries what perfect use cases that isn't like pushing boundaries of you being a robot reaching out to humans. It's none mm -hmm. of that. It's just creating efficiencies within yeah. your organization. I love yeah, those use cases. We met with Nishit. He actually prospected me and then one week later I already bought the tool. I used it for a couple of my own meetings and I just bought it and I was like, this is insane. Um, yeah. Another one we've, and, um, what, yeah, you go, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to add that actually the, the best selling point of Sybil isn't even those incredible summaries. It's the fact how it's taking machine learning on body language to yes. give you insights into their nonverbal responses, which is genuinely mind-blowing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's it, That was another big reason we got it. Like, So the summaries is that efficiency, but what, what we do at, at BetterLine is we actually get our clients to record their sales meetings. So when business owners meet with clients, they record it on Sybil. Mm -hmm. So it just means from our coaching and feedback standpoint, we can go to all the points where people, you know, they weren't attentive or when they smiled and when they nodded. So then you know the certain trigger points. But even yeah. simple things like the pain points, you can just summarize multiple meetings pain points and consolidate them into, okay, what is the most common pain point, which I'm sure you're doing with your outbound messaging, which you can but, just reiterate. Uh, how much do you think a big four consulting group would have charged to do that? five yes. years ago just to say we're going <laughs> to do an analysis across your sales organization yeah. across your yeah. 50 sales staff we're going to interview them interview some customers and try summarize and articulate the pain points of yes. the industry what's working why it's working what's not yeah. working and what we think needs to change that would have been a half a million dollar consulting yes. contract to the big four and now it's a fucking 89 dollar a month subscription <laughs> exactly exactly it's, it's get, really catch them on the end of the quarter and they'll still discount you 30 percent do it everywhere <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. and that being said go over all of your recordings of your sales team to see where the discount yeah. question's coming yeah. up so you can build it into yeah. training to bring your margins yeah. back up 30 percent exactly. right yeah. amazing yeah. use cases yeah so i'm really curious to know yourself because you've obviously deep in the AI space and looking at the tools. What are some tools that you've been like looking at closely and have been trying to build into or have built into your you guys' process yeah. currently right now? So I'm currently categorizing them just in my mind into yeah. in a few different ways, right? So mm -hmm. some of them are sales operations, back yes. office tools that no client is going to see but it makes a big difference. So now we're talking like forecasting, you know, yeah. for, like accurate forecasting for a big organization makes a significant difference. Um, yes. And tools can forecast much better than any spreadsheet you're ever going to put together. Um, Definitely. Forecastings used to require a lot of like science, but also a lot of um, quality, you know, uh, subjective information from sales reps saying, I think this is a good deal. Now mm. you can use AI to help. Do you agree that this is a good deal? What's their sentiments on their call? What's their body language like? What's the frequency mm. of communication? Does this match patterns of deals that have closed or deals that have gone mm. cold? Uh, so mm. you're forecasting as an example. That's a million dollar question. I mean, like Clary's a billion dollar company, right? So enterprise I spent a couple of months there and it was, it blew me away the forecasting calls that they did for the brief stint I did. And it's insane. The technology there, they are going places and their leader, Andy is, he's a web yeah. overseer. So there's another tool um, like Ebster from the UK 
Um, similar space to Clary in that helping to do forecasting. Mm. Um, does better work with HubSpot. Clary's quite uh, like focused on Salesforce. Yes. Um, and what they can do, they plug in an administrative level to your email service provider mm. and can look over every single communication going in or out of your communication and place that within a deal to say wow. this deal now has low velocity. There's no communications going in or out between you yeah. and the prospect. Or is it that the sign of a good deal is that you're getting a lot more communications in from a prospective client yes. uh, or from a company than just going out? And when you start, yeah. when it shifts from 70% out to 70% in, that's when the customer is about to, is actively pursuing it. So like incredible insights and they think they can increase your win rates by a percentage, which is astronomical. And the yeah. truth is they can. And this yeah. is back office AI. It doesn't touch mm. your clients. It doesn't damage your reputation. You're not taking a risk. You plug it in and you it gives you insights. And you know what? If you don't like those insights, all right, it costs you a bit of money to implement, mm. but it hasn't cost you anything else in your operations. And mm. that's why I love those tools. And I think those are really primed and ready for the market as it is, right? Mm. There's no risk. I think, um, I think, so I was speaking initially about it and how they're looking at qualifying medic. So I think once, and we're gonna, we're planning to do this internally and to build it in through mm. our APIs is once it can qualify medic, so deal qualification criteria, and then, mm. you know, also there's next steps and next actions. Once it can then push it to the CRM automatically, and I'm sure yeah. I've, I'm think, I've chatted to people around CRM automation, but when it gets there, when you mesh these tools with transcription mm. and CRM automation, that's just going to make salespeople are just going to enjoy their lives more. Absolutely. <laughs> so up but, in the CRM. And we start going into a place where there's gray, right? So there's mm. certainly if you just say like, this is the full capability of AI, mm. um, those that are operating, say in the bottom 75%, like a good forecasting mm. kind of uh, a platform, you'd say amazing. It's pretty safe. A lot of those tools are pushing that top 5% of the capabilities. And that's where some of this risk does come in or it's efficiency or it's effectiveness. So for example, meeting summaries, like they're all there. It's right there. Like there's, you know, it's going to be 90% accurate. Yes. Um, and if you just review it once after your meeting, this perfectly five bullet point summary, you read and go, oh, actually, I also wanted this point added. Done. At least it just yeah. took you five seconds. You yes. know? Um, but you need that slight little 5% from human interaction. Forecasting mm -hmm. is there. Updating CRM automatically, just not there yet. Yes. And there's no Agreed. tool that can do it reliably enough. I, I'm, I'm close with the founder of a tool called Comptura, as an example, yep. and they were pushing heavily into the space. And so I'm yeah. aware of some of the challenges and what they've been able to do is incredible and like genuinely amazing tool. Now they're sitting mm -hmm. as a layer above Salesforce and Gong to bring insights that neither gotcha. of those two platforms can bring together. Um, so like updating CRM, again, this is brings me to this original point. How do yeah. you as an organization know what's within the realms of current capabilities and what's just yeah. marketing speak from a mm -hmm. service provider that's over-promising and ultimately going yeah. to under-deliver. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts as well on what do you think, so let's say you're a CEO listening right now or a VP of mm -hmm. sales and you're like, yeah, I'm not up to date with it. But you have a yeah. team of people who are and they just love it and they're posting about it. What yeah. are the steps that you would take, you know, if you're in their shoes, like in your VP, how you could start encouraging, you know, people to actually search out these tools and start, you know, a bit of a discovery piece? I think that's the crux of this right now. You mm -hmm. don't understand how these tools work. Um, you've there's all of these buckets of technologies you don't understand. Like AI is not Web3. AI is not um, NFTs or, you know, cryptocurrency. Like there's this whole bucket of shit I don't understand. Yes. And um, whilst you might not be comfortable with, with um, 
cryptocurrencies, I'm not current, you know, uh, like myself, you might, AI is slightly different and um, implement systems within your company that you can explore these opportunities, whether that's just, mm. hey, everyone, why don't we want to test out a few tools, bring them together or give everyone a budget just to play mm. with some of these tools mm. and bring forward use cases. So get on bloody YouTube, TikTok or LinkedIn, wherever it is, and just follow some of those hashtags yeah. to explore. You don't have to be the first person to adopt it. Just don't be the last, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. just staying on top of these current trends is mm. also potentially good enough. Get everything at the moment with a very healthy dose of skepticism because yes. service providers are overselling a lot of these capabilities. Well, sellers are really good at selling themselves, so you never know. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> it's part know. of the problem we sell. The problem, yeah. the problem yeah. point to solve is every salesperson yeah. sells themselves yeah. and yes. then fails to deliver. So yeah. Um, yeah, so like have that process where people are actually actively exploring um, and it takes time. It's not a, uh, it doesn't, it comes with opportunity costs. It does take time, but there's massive efficiencies. So look at ways that you can use it for meeting summaries. Um, start mm. recording your internal team meetings and yes. push out those summaries. And if you get comfortable with that, start using it for external team meetings. Um, start recording some calls from some salespeople. You don't have to implement mm. your whole company wide. The beauty of software as a service. But until maybe some of these heavy enterprise type solutions is you can just buy one seat. You can test it. Yeah. You can measure the impact and then determine how much that impact is worth to you. Yeah. I think, Before. I think I read it in Alex Hormozzi's book, hundred million dollar office. And I think he puts it best in particular with AI, but he talks about business around, you know, AI itself. It doesn't, it's not like baseball. It doesn't have a truncated, you know, outcome or return, you know? When you yeah. hit the home run, you don't get three points. Like when you hit a home run with AI, you can get a hundred points. Like, but it's just, it requires you to like test 20, 25 different things. And I've tested mm -hmm. heaps of tools and Chrome extensions and I'm just yeah. jumping on them. And then a lot of the time as well, it, it's, you know, it's that and it's also the habit of it. Even though I'm in this yeah. space and I'm interviewing people, you know, every week, right? I still am out of the habit of not using ChatGPT when I should. And it's like those habits yeah. as well that you need to change over time. And there's skill to it, right? We've, as you mentioned, like how to prompt chat GPT is a new mm. skill that can be taught and, um, and learned. Mm. Same way how to use Google effectively. Um, yeah. So definitely use cases that are propping up. And a lot of it's going to be skill. A lot of it's going to be people. And a lot of it's going to yeah. be process. Just like yeah. any classic business, you need people, process, and technology to work in alignment. Yeah. So yeah. again, like I was saying, you know, we've got these categories. You've got tools that help increase efficiency. Right? Mm. That's an interesting one to look at. How can I use AI to decrease the amount of time it takes me to do tasks I'm currently doing, not do the task any better and not do the mm. task any differently. Just do it more consistently and save time. If you yes. find those solutions, that's an easy win right? It's currently taking me 10 hours. It's now taking me 30 minutes, one minute or one hour. It doesn't matter. Um, is that a win? How much are those nine hour savings worth it to me? Boom. There's one bucket. Then there's a category of AI, which is doing things that you can do, which are incredibly difficult. And previously you needed a hell of a lot of expertise, crunching big numbers. So that's like forecasting um, a whole lot of like complex machine learning kind of algorithmic things and absolutely now you can save big buckets of cash there by using a tool to do what you previously needed an actuarial scientist for and yes. finally there's the bucket that i'm most skeptical about which is ai helping you do things that were previously impossible gotcha and Just give that's me an example where, of one of those that you're thinking about um often it's also like a combination right so where would you categorize this one so a tool mm -hmm. 
um, analyzes your calls or you plug in your own ideal client profile. It then yep. goes out to the, to the internet, looks for people posting about that, finds a person. So now it's gone from a, an ideal client profile to a, to a persona, to an individual prospect. It then will scrape what they like, who they are, what yep. they've recently posted. Um, it will then reach out to them automatically, you know, using some of that personalization and, yeah. um, and start a conversation with them. Yeah, wow. right? Like, I don't know if that's, uh, to me, that's gone a little bit beyond what it takes, what saves you time mm. into a realm of what was previously impossible. Right? What mm. saves you time is a tool like Reach. Mm. Reach is fantastic. What Reach is going to do is it's going to, you give it a list of 100 people and it's just going to give you insights in a whole lot of different categories on those 100 people. This is their recent post. Yeah. This is what they, he has 20 suggested one-liners for personalization. That's all it does. Mm. It helps save you time researching, but it doesn't, mm. you know, take that next step. Yeah, I think- I've chatted to quite a few people in the space as well. And like, you're heavily in the space of the forefront of the top 1% and it's not there yet. It's not, I think it, no. I think it will get there at some point. Don't know when, but it's, it's definitely not there yet. Like, and you still have to mesh things together manually and you still have to curate and curate and curate, but mm. it does pay those outsized returns when you do it. Like the sim, as you mentioned before, the simplest thing to do is just recording your meetings and getting the transcription and putting that into say chat GPT or yeah. getting some type of a transcription form. Because as long as you like to say, even if you record every single meeting and don't know anything with it now and you got the transcription, later on there'll be big data which can analyze it through AI as well. And then you'll be able yeah. to just import all that kind of stuff. I think that's the simplest use case for people. But even then, I've chatted to people who aren't comfortable in recording meetings. So well, there's hard. comfortable recording it or there's, there's legalities around some of them. Yes. Um, so absolutely can be a challenge. But again, that is, it's just preparing yourself for success. Um, so I'm loving some of the efficiencies that the AR tools are bringing um, and some of the middleware that's kind of bringing these tools like Clay, Clay.run. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that one. Fantastic. I've heard tool. about it, but I don't know exactly what they do. It's, it's any one of these, you know, no code smart spreadsheets where each cell yeah. can have a full operation. I could bring in a list, for example, of um, companies that I'm interested in, just their names. In the next cell, I could say, I want you to do a Google search on that company name wow. and bring up the first link of that comes up. Um, and I can make yeah. the Google search like location-based, a whole lot of search terms so that I'm most likely to yeah. get that company. And say, don't give me Zoom info, don't give me DB info or DB yeah. Hoovers, don't give me Zumato or whatever else. So then I'm likely to get that company's website. I could then mm -hmm. say, um, in the next cell, go to Builtwith and tell me if that website uses this technology, this technology, or this technology. If it does use that technology, in the next cell, what I want you to do is do a Google map search and give me the location. In the next cell, go to Zumato, give me the top restaurants within 500 meters of that location. Um, mm. You know, in the next cell, summarize using ChatGPT, they're in all the copy on their websites to give me the who you think is the persona that they are selling to, you know, and like all of these insights just pulled out in a row, yeah. which you can feed back to your CRM to then like, you know, structure your outreach. Like that is integrating AI with process. And if you have a human step in between as well, so you're integrating people as well, just the most beautiful way to be using these cutting edge technologies 
Yeah, yeah, that's some crazy insights there. I think I have I have seen Clay in action one time before, but I think it's like Excel, as you mentioned, like you have to know the use case before you can actually see or you have to start using it for something until you know the true power. Like yeah. no one can learn Excel by just going in there and just doing additions. Like you have to try and achieve something. Well, that's talking crazy about getting Excel, those insights. Talking about Excel now, um, there's a perfect use case for ChatGPT and the various different AIs. Um, we're using it to come up with formulas, mm. come up with basic coding. You know, um, you could just give a... a, a you know, a human prompt into chat GPT on what you're looking to achieve between the two cells and it will give you the formula to use. Yeah, that's you crazy. So, yeah. So the skill level that you're required to achieve complex functions within Excel is now, can you just think of what you want and can you say what you want? And now that can be resolved for you. There's an amazing yeah. shift, right? I don't know what it was like when you went to school, but when I did our teachers used to tell us all the time, Ricky, it's not like you're going to be walking around with a calculator in your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did say that. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? You're not going to be walking around with yeah. a calculator in your hand. Like now you have yeah. a fucking calculator in your glasses if you want it. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, I've got yeah, a calculator. Yeah. I just have to speak a sum into my speakers and it'll give me an answer. You have a fucking calculator yeah. everywhere. Um, yeah. It's one of those things. The, yeah. It's changed so dramatically now because of these capabilities where it can mm. apply context to insights or into intelligence mm. uh, do you think that changes who you hire like we talk about ar revolution we, we're talking about tools but do you think back to some practical things how does that help you um screen people better with in hr that's going to be mm. an interesting use case um how do you change the skill sets you're looking to hire Tell, have you seen any technologies that um you would have seen the one that helps it's from nvidia it helps you yeah i saw that eye one. contact it blew up yeah the eye contact one so you can be looking wherever you want and then it can just give you direct eye contact which is insane like that has major implications for sellers don't you think you're this uh, yeah. introvert i think sellers you know, or people just who are nervous get on camera like in general like just anyone who's, you know, there's a lot of people who are nervous yeah. get on camera and don't like looking people in the eye and like looking it, away. But it just I could just be reading my scripts over here whilst I'm and looking then, at you. Yeah, it, it's going to be. Yeah. It's definitely, this year is definitely, I think I heard, I put a really good quote the other day. It's like originally, like say your grandparents would say, you know, I did school without a calculator. And then you know, before that, you know, your parents said, you know, I did school without Google. And now it's going to be like, I did school without AI. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the next thing. Because <laughs> it will just and, fundamentally, we could w go into that for days about how it's going to change things. I, well. I'll tell you one of the other things I find really interesting, and I think it's going to have other global implications is previously your level of English made a huge difference. Right? Yes. You could get a job doing a very basic job, but because you were a native English speaker, um, you might get the job. Whereas mm. now the ability to write well um, without English being your first language is mm. so easy, you know, whether it's Lavender or any of those tools. So now all of a sudden, I think a lot of the jobs are going to go elsewhere, cheaper labor. That's very yes. interesting, part of the AI revolution. And as soon as they find a way to use AI to change the accent in your voice, which I also don't think is pretty far off. No, definitely not. Um, all of a sudden, why would you hire locally? Yeah, it's. I spent three years at Zoom thinking, I used to think people had to sell to people in person. And I never met a single customer in person. And I closed more than 100 deals probably. Like at that whole, And I met one customer I met in person was like right at the end. I'm pretty sure it was leaving. Like, And yeah. that was it. Like, And then that blew my mind where I was like, you literally don't need to be like, and now that post-COVID, like pre-COVID, it wasn't acceptable, but post-COVID now it's acceptable. Like you don't have to, but I think there's going to be a, there already is a huge deal. Companies like Deal, like they they just exploded, mm. like became multi-billion dollar company like overnight just from yeah. hiring overseas, which I think the changing nature of the workforce itself or the knowledge worker workforce is just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So all of this is part of an AI revolution, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and it's it's driving it. 
and it's being driven by it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Would you be able to give us like a specific way how like you guys are leveraging AI right now in, in your process? Just something specific because something actionable that someone can take away and be like, oh, I could, we could probably do that in our process right now. If you're not, if you're not getting automated call summaries, you're, yes. at, you're a dinosaur basically. Yes. Um, gotcha. So call summaries using some kind of conversational intelligence is yeah. non-negotiable. Yes, I, I 100% agree with that. And the fact that um, you know machine learning and AI, what natural language processing, I shouldn't get this wrong because I had Jaden from Dialpad on previously. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, now that it's getting better and better and better, and the transcription is so much more accurate, even for like Australian accents as well. <laughs> like it's all mm. non-US accents, might I say? Um, it's just yeah. getting better and better and better. Which is yeah. crazy. How do you think, you know, we've talked a lot about leaders becoming accustomed to tools, but how do you think leaders or the leaders you're, you should, you'll speak to, how do you think they should be preparing, you know, or just getting exposed or dipping their toes into the AI space or, you know, just preparing it for in general? I think the first thing is that you need to be very honest with yourself. Are you a technophile? Mm-hmm. And if you are not, then you might become a hindrance to your organization, which is fine. All you need to do is empower more junior people within your company or the right people within your company to have that baton and have the mandates of exploring ways that you can use AI and advanced technologies to your advantage. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. You need to find a new way to do it. You don't need to be actually doing it yourself, but how can you leverage to actually get into it for sure? Yeah, 100%. What do you think the biggest issue right now is with AI in the sales space, because there's so many amazing tools. Like you look at tools like Reggie or even Humantic, there's so many amazing tools, but what do you think the biggest issue is right now? Because sales tools in general, like they never get you know implemented by salespeople anyway in, 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 um, in organizations. But what do you think the biggest issue right now is just like, why aren't these things going into these companies? Trust and change management. It's as simple as that. There's a lot being oversold under delivering. One, yes. two, there's a lot of change. So if I buy something now, it's like, why didn't I buy a Tesla Powerwall for my house? Well, the price of mm. batteries is coming down so dramatically that if I just mm. wait a year, it will be cheaper, even though I had to pay for more electricity this year. So there yeah. is also benefit in waiting for implementations because of their rate of advancement. So when to yes. jump on trusting or finding trusted suppliers and the rapid change management within organizations. Yeah, I definitely think we experienced a lot at TeleSense. Change management was a really, really difficult thing. And I think there's a big space for outsource change management of some sort or project management just because people yeah, don't have the pe- people internally. <laughs> they just don't have internal people. It's, it's very interesting. But ultimately, business is, is going to be about human problems, right? And yeah. how AI affects and impacts humans will always be what this comes down to. How, how do you think AI has changed the game a bit just from traditional sales techniques, you know, people used to use? So everyone's been taught the same, you know, we've read a lot of the same books, you know, the same techniques. How do you think it's changed the game with techniques? And what do you think isn't as relevant now as was previously before? Yeah, it's it's super interesting. So uh, obviously, Sam McKenna, one of the great sales minds of our generation, has this mm. show me, you know me. And at the moment, I think it's almost becoming show me you're a fucking human. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is, it's, it's, it's relatively <laughs> easy to show me you know me at the moment yeah. because of yeah. all of these advanced uh, tools out there. Yeah. So yeah. being able to break through the noise is an incredible challenge at the moment, more so than ever before. And I think yeah. that's only getting only getting worse. Yeah, it's definitely getting harder, especially with Google announcing or whatever they did on their email servers. Like, just I don't know too much about it, email deliverability, but I heard it's not the best thing. <laughs> 
uh, email delivery is becoming incredibly difficult. And if you want to know yeah. exactly what that recent update is, I'm happy to share. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You can share that. That'd be awesome. Sure. So basically, um, one of the ways that email servers work out who should be delivered and who shouldn't be delivered, because spam is like a trillion dollar biz- uh, problem, yeah. is through reputation. And the way you get reputation yeah. is if I send lots of emails and people respond to me, then obviously my mm. emails must be relevant. So people hacked that system and they were sending and receiving emails from within a closed network of uh, of people so we could build up our reputation inorganically now yes. uh, what happened was google caught on to this a lot of the, yes. what these um organizations had done is they had registered with google to use their oauth process so that people could easily add their email accounts to their servers but as soon as you do that you sign terms and agreements and service level agreements and a whole lot of contracts google they get to audit your processes your securities yep. and a whole lot so now they've shut down that process that ability wow. Um, for people to do that warm up, and they're punishing uh, companies that did that. Um, there is the still that relied one... business on top of it would have been that's crazy. Ex- well, massive businesses had to shut down that that process overnight, right? Wow. They were working outside the realms of um, you know of I guess fair use and fair practice. So like it's it's okay what's happened, um, mm. but the, it's only happened to those that had gone through the process, an expensive process, I think about eighty five thousand dollars of getting wow. approved by Google to use their OAuth API um, integration Mm. to make it easier for their customers as part of their business strategy. One of the back doors is that you can still always send emails to and from Google using SMTP. They can't shut down that process. It's too core towards their business. And in order for them to stop that, it would have such a dramatic impact on the rest of their email operations. So companies who never spent the 85 grand, the almost you could call it the second tier companies that weren't performing at that top level still have access to do it. So it's still mm. available and it's uh, it's still an option. It's just slightly, slightly harder and any provider that had gone that top tier route of getting approved has now been shut down. Almost the yeah, ones wow. uh, that try to bring it into the light and white, uh, you know, white yeah. hat it have been the ones who have been punished. Crazy. Just so you're obviously, you're working with a lot of different companies right now. And I'm, I'm curious to know of a company or a story where they've actually implemented AI in their process and any, you know, immediate gains they may have seen from that. Yeah. So other than forecasting, like I've mentioned, I think that's quite a key mm. one. Um, call summaries and um, that kind of conversational intelligence quite widely used and implemented well but one of the ways i've seen people implementing it well it just in a, a more tangible way is using chat gpt to summarize internal meetings yes we all know that to run a good business you need strategy you need structure you need process and you need everyone pushing in the same direction but leaders are so busy so the fact yeah. that they've now been able to summarize capture intent um they've made every single meeting that they have 10 percent more efficient by having an agenda and having minutes and having next steps and having action items. And that alone is enough to make be the difference between success and failure for an organization, let alone a sales organization. Yeah, that internal operations and efficiency is so key. We've been doing that internally and just it's a game changer, especially even if you just record them all from the beginning for now, because even if you store them over a long, long period of, you know, let's say a year or two years, there's going to be tools, big data AI tools that Mm. will just be able to look in and just analyze all of them. And that probably be throughout the process. If you read uh, that book, Jolt, The Jolt Effect um, by what's his name, Matthew Dixon and Ted McKenna, they summarize, I think, 2 million hours worth of um, sales calls um, that happened during the COVID period um, to gain the insights that they needed for this book. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. incredible what you can do with mass, with that bulk data. And so absolutely.
absolutely. Like you said, store it now, even if your insights are only going to come in six months. Exactly. That's what I've always been thinking about. That's why, you know, just recording all those meetings, all our clients, it's part of being with us to, for us to provide the sales training. Like you have to record the meetings. Like that's just a non-negotiable. Obviously, if someone requests to turn it off, you can turn it off, right? And if yeah. it's an in-person, but everyone knows if you have an in-person meeting, the chance of selling to them is like way higher if you, you make the chance. So but question for you, I know, the, I know you meant to be asking the questions, but my question mm. for you, just a very practical one. Sybil, yes. a lot of these tools work very well with Zoom. Yes. Have you found a preferred platform that works across Zoom Meet and Teams? So pretty much if one of our clients wants to be our client, they have to use Zoom. They cannot okay. use any other platform. So we're actually just creating, we actually created, they have to use a tech stack that we choose because we're the expert and that's the whole point. So we're telling you, you know, they have to use Slack to communicate with us. They have to use Zoom. We track their opportunities in HubSpot in our custom dashboards that we update. So we're actually, we're acting as the sales manager to manage them. But previously in a, in a sales company, the manager doesn't have complete authority over the team. You know, you tell them to do something, but they just won't do it and you can't upset them. But in this yeah. situation, it's contractual. It's a business thing. You know, they're going to trust you that you're the expert, just like my accountant advises me and trust me. So that's the position that we're getting. And then we will lose some clients because of it. I know that. But I know from experience that it's, it's the best thing to do for them maybe if they don't know their own interests as well fair enough yeah so it's a bit of a bold statement but <laughs> a bold thing <laughs> yeah. too but yeah it's a yeah. we we all know like the benefits of the different tools and but stuff but until it's actually you Fine. use it yeah. it doesn't matter like but if if you're using something like that regularly like you that's when you see the benefits and that's when yeah. you know if someone has like when we review 20 of their calls right and we can pick up all these actions based on this tool I don't think they're going to care about the fact that they have to use Zoom over Teams. Yeah. So one thing you've just mentioned has made me think of another big challenge with, with AI mm. tools at the moment, which is mm. you are, are taking a, a, a line in the sand. You've picked a tech stack and it's a phenomenal yes. tech stack and it's it's 99% better than what anyone else is using at yes. the moment. But that might not be the case in three months' time. Yes. And what exactly. happens now when a tool, even better than Sybil, I'm not saying there is or will be, but let's just say one does come along that yeah. works with Meet. Yes. Right. Now all of a sudden you're a, a laggard because there's a better platform out there yes. and now users meet, you now need to move people over, but you're still yeah. happy with Sybil. Yeah. It's still yeah. good enough. Um, yeah. But now you start splitting data because you're happy to use meet for the new mm. ones. One of the challenges I feel is like this all or nothing approach and that yeah. people don't want to jump in bed with any of these technologies because you kind of then have to stick with it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it goes, it's when you think about it, the technology itself even when I was at Zoom, I take this as an example, we had outreach. We have a domain as strong as Zoom. 20% of people used outreach. It, it doesn't matter if you've got the top 1% of tools. What really kind of matters is the actual adoption. And the difference is business owners that we work with haven't even heard of an email sequencing tool. So if we're mm -hmm. using like, the, you know, an 80% good AI recording tool and a better one comes out, it doesn't really matter because the yeah. gap that you're servicing is so large. In the first place. That's why when I was at Zoom, I used to, I never prospected to anyone in SaaS. I was selling Zoom phone. All I did is I called people in manufacturing and logistics and non-profits mm. and government because the, the divide is so hard. So they don't live within the tech SaaS land. And maybe people in the SaaS yeah. land will look at me and be like, you're such a laggard. You know what I mean? Like, but at the same time for the actual end yeah. person, they have no idea. One of the interesting things that I'm, I'm, I'm exploring at the moment, and I don't actually know if this is an Adam Grant concept or a mm. Yuval Harari but the concept of maximizers and satisfizers. Have yeah. you heard that concept before? I haven't heard of it, no. I'm curious so, the really. so the concept is that it's the way people make decisions, in essence, that a maximizer will always want to make the best possible decision. They need more yes. and more information. 
until they are completely satisfied that this is the best outcome. Whereas yes. satisfizers would have a set of criteria that they're measuring against and will take any solution as long as it satisfies the criteria. It might not yeah. be the best, but it's certainly good enough. And there's been a lot of studies found now around which is better, um, which is better when, and there's no such thing as a pure maximizer because um, complete information is impossible. Yes. Um, yes. But they found that you know, on average, satisfizers makes decisions much quicker. Maximizers on average make better decisions. And, you know, they're trying to see how do we build this into procurement processes. But anyway, yeah. my, where I find it so interesting is that it's almost impossible to be a maximizer with AI with the rate of yes. change. There's literally as soon, by the time you've clicked pay and implement a solution. There's someone better. There's a better one out there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's, so, I think a lot of people just in the software, there's just so much paralysis, paralysis by analysis. And when you do that, when you analyze everything, you get overwhelmed. Like there's no way I could implement every single AI tool at all, but it's very hard to find a company which has even implemented like three of them just because they're always like chasing the shiny object when inevitably it's like it's here now it's going to improve their lives like insanely sure there may be a better tool but i do agree that the, the maximizer versus satisfier i'm probably much more in the satisfier kind of category itself but it is an interesting to think about definitely yeah you're right back yeah, to that cool. change management piece you spoke about yeah. right yeah exactly exactly cool but look thank ricky thanks so much for coming on the podcast i actually really enjoyed this conversation I'm take, I've taken a lot out of it. Um, the, la the final question I always like to ask people is, you know, if you could kind of go back in time, let's say you're a VP in sales and you'd like just discovered AI and you had to roll it out in an organization, what are the steps that you would go through like with your knowledge base and how you would do it, for, you know, if you're in their shoes? Well, um, well, let me not say I'm going back to do this because this is something I'm still actively trying to yeah, do. Yeah. So I'm trying to go back <laughs> to the future here. Um, I think that sales operations and revenue operations is taking a front driver's seat as opposed to being a yeah. service um, role within a, a sales organization. And I'm trying to build sales ops in such yeah. a way that I can hire a tech expert. I can hire a research expert. I can yes. hire someone who can look holistically across my operations and their job is bringing efficiencies through process and technology. Yeah. Because as, as, yeah, the one thing that. I've done wrong is I'm a fucking technophile. I can stay up till 11 o'clock at night watching a YouTube video. One yeah. o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock <laughs> would be early, right? This is like you know, watching yeah. and testing one of these things. But I shouldn't be doing that. I'm meant to be running a bloody business here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm um, actually making that a key position within the organization. I think that's and something I should have done a long time ago. I think that is extremely, extremely smart to do just because you need someone who's watching it and you who can spend all day doing that and then documenting it properly. That's just, that would just be invaluable. Yeah. And I'd say this to any senior sales leader, like if you're over the age of whatever it is, you want to be ageist, yeah? Um, if you are the person in your organization that knows technology better than anyone else, something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be you. It shouldn't be you. So you shouldn't be making tech decisions and you shouldn't be the best on the technology. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. One. Look, Ricky, it's been such a good, uh, such so good to have a conversation with. I've really enjoyed this. Um, Just one final thing. Where, where can people find you and, and how can they reach out to you? Sure. Um, Ricky at pointerstrategy.com.au. Um, I'm always on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect. If you found anything interesting or you want to discuss something more about the show, um, send it through as a question. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Ricky. Gotcha. Thanks.
Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the episode of the AI Sales Revolution with Ricky Pearl. I really enjoyed it and I always learn a ton um, when I actually chat to Ricky. We've had a couple of conversations before and I love his following his LinkedIn posts. They're always so actionable. So definitely check him out on LinkedIn as well if you like what you heard. Just a couple of things before we go. Um, first one is we are actively looking for other guests. So if you know anyone in the AI sales space, please please feel free to introduce me to them or, or DM my way. Also, if you like the podcast, feel free to give it a review. Five stars would be awesome as well. Thanks so much and catch you next time.